Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Oh man, is this how we're really starting the show today? <laughs> we're live, so I guess so. <laughs> Welcome to Better Together, everybody. When you know better, <laughs> you get better. It is Monday, June 22nd, and we are here for you and for us. Woo! My spiritual, sane escape. Uh, today, we are excited to have uh, lifestyle medicine expert, Dr. Mark Emerson here to discuss his latest book, The Healing Protocols. Um, he was, uh, featured in the heel documentary that I love so much. And we're going to be chatting with him on how to, uh, prevent and reverse so many diseases. Our quote of the day, it is health that is real wealth and not pieces of gold and silver. And that is Gandhi. I trust thank, Gandhi. Thank you, Gandhi, for that. Yes. Uh, that was one of the greatest lessons I learned after, uh, multiple brain tumors 
in this family is that at the end of the day, all that matters is your health. And, um, and that's that. So here we are. It's Monday. <laughs> it's Monday. And I didn't get any poopsie kisses, which are Aww. really called something else. I forgot what she had, what the true name was. It wasn't poopsie kisses. It was kissy poos. Kissy poos. Yeah. You told me that. And I was like, you know, poopsie kisses is better, right? I really like poopsie kisses way, 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 way better. Um, Max didn't give any poopsie kisses. Oh, Max gives me poopsie kisses. Okay. You I love Max. Kisses. Um, did you guys have uh, a f- good Father's Day? I Even forgot everybody's to call away? my dad. You what? I forgot. I called. So here's the thing. In you my, forgot to call your dad? In my family, my dad's never around his phone. So I call my mom if I want to talk to my dad. And I called my mom the one time she's like at Target and out of the house. And then I forgot to call again later. Because I got caught up in editing a reel for one of our hosts. And it was like 10 p.m. our time by the time I thought of it. So, so I'm a terrible son is what I'm saying. I have now failed. I know why you have to go home in July. I am unfilial. <laughs> unfilial. <laughs> you are officially the worst son in history. We should have like a drop for that. I do have a drop for that. I just wasn't expecting to use it today, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. Like... SSE, shittiest son ever. <laughs> He's a bad son. It's Stephen Lemieux, the shittiest son in history. Ever. <laughs> Oh, man, that sucks. You know, that's easy to do in a weird way, right? Like, you know, you always have somebody's birthday in mind. That happens to me all the time. All like, their birthday's coming up, their birthday's coming up, their birthday's coming up. And then that day, you're in a shit storm, okay? And you had been thinking about them every single day leading up to it. And then you don't call on that day and you're like, wow. Or you don't remember till like 9 p.m. And it doesn't count anymore, even though it's still before 12 it doesn't count anymore because you forgot and you only remembered at the last minute. One of our roommates gets so much anxiety about texting people like nice stuff. And I'm like, why? And she's like, I just, I just, get, I just can't. Like I, I type it up and then I'm like, is it going to be taken wrong? Like, are they going to be like, why is this person texting me? And I'm like, just text people nice stuff. What are you doing? I've found sometimes the best way to protect against this is like day before. Sometimes I'll do the birthday thing instead because I find on my birthday, when you get so many texts and calls, and this is a champagne problem. You're so popular, Jeff. I know. I know. I'm <laughs> hearing it now. But it can be a little overwhelming because you have all these texts you feel like you have to respond to. I don't know yeah. if anyone can relate to that. Um, so this, the yeah, birthday texts? Definitely. The texts. So sometimes the day before, I'll just knock it out and be like, hey, I know tomorrow a lot of people will be reaching out. I wanted to just say happy birthday now. Take the day for you. Don't worry about feeling obligated to make everyone else feel like you are thankful for them saying happy birthday to you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you respond to every single text? I do. Because I I get annoyed because, like, you know how you have the people you text all the time? Yeah. Well, like, my texts are in that order. And then the birthday comes around. You get, like, 30, 40 texts. Like, all right, let me text this person that I was just texting with. Scroll, 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 scroll. And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like there's something disingenuous about just the text that says, happy birthday. Is that bad? Like, maybe that's just my cynical side. Like, Yeah, Stephen. If someone actually took the time to say happy birthday, they meant it. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just super cynical. I know what you mean, though. See, there's a hierarchy. Like, if, like... if somebody writes a message like, 
hey, we haven't talked in a while, but want to say happy birthday. I feel like that's different, but like a text out of the blue from somebody I haven't talked to in three years is happy birthday. Yeah, because it's in their Google calendar. Yeah. <laughs> or Facebook. <laughs> or Facebook. I feel like the Facebook happy birthday is questionable. Yeah, yeah, personally. yeah. Right. Unless it's like a joke, like an inside joke I'm down for. That's so funny. Yeah. I. Um. Wh- how about you, Jeff? How did you celebrate it was good. Laura and I found a very remote Airbnb. We're still neurotic about COVID stuff. So we like made sure it was like very, very well taken care of. We wiped everything down. Um, but it was nice. We just spent the, a weekend away, the two of us, um, in a very... Wait, how does this have anything to do with Father's Day? Because... I said, how did you celebrate your dad? <laughs> oh, my God, Jeff, we... are you going to announce something? Jeff's like, me and Laura went away no, 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 and no. had an amazing weekend. Jeff, oh, my God, are you going to be a dad? No, that's none of that relates. The reason oh, I said it is because I'm kidding, on, I'm kidding. on Sunday morning, both of us spent a very long time on the phone with our dads. I'm lucky that I got a great father-in-law as well as my dad. So the one thing I will say, though, Father's Day shopping can be challenging. A duh. I don't know how you guys feel. A duh. I always thought it was easy to buy something for my dad. Cause... No. I mean, like, you get him, like, a drill. You go yeah. to home. We go to Home Depot or we get him a Dunkin' Donuts card. Like, my dad was complaining on Mother's Day about how Father's Day doesn't matter. <laughs> and he's like, you people, he's like, nobody cares about Father's Day. And I'm like, you're kind of right. Like, by the time Father's D- look at, did we even do a Father's Day segment here? We did not. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those. And being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there, this little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. I thought yes. it was. I know it's on me. Shittiest I, producer ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked to Jeff about it. We were going to bring the car into the studio and we're going to do an oil change live on air with. Uh, what? <laughs> it's the Father's Day thing. Like, what are we like, going to do? Here's here's the thing. Is like I didn't see things trending on Twitter like at Mother's Day, like Mother's Day ideas and blah 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 blah. Right? We did segments for Mother's multiple Mother's Day yeah. segments. Nothing for Father's Day, right? And my dad had such a point, so. I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do for him? What are we going to do for him? And so for Mother's Day, you know, I had that brunch in the dining room that we've never used, right? And I did this whole thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up. And I asked my mom, I said, mom, obviously you have a sweet tooth, so I can make you something and, you know, you'll love it. Dad doesn't really like anything for breakfast. And she goes, Maria, home fries. Your father, he loves the home fries. And so I was like, okay, I'll make him home fries. And I just, all I did was make sure we had potatoes, right? I remember last time I went supermarket shopping, we bought a ton of eggs. We had eggs for years. I woke up, my dad wasn't there. So I set up a picnic like outside in the back, you know, back patio table area. So he had a different scene and I like made it look pretty so that he would be surprised and all of a sudden he comes in, he goes, we didn't have eggs. He already had bacon in the oven because he bre- makes breakfast every morning. And I was like, 
oh, thanks for getting the eggs for your brunch, dad. And <laughs> thanks for making the bacon. And then, but he did when he walked over and he saw the table set, he goes, oh, wow. You know, he was surprised, right? Because he's just assuming no one gives a shit about Father's Day. <laughs> and I was actively thinking, I was like, okay, he's not down here. I don't want to set the table later because it's not going to feel as special. I want him to be surprised. So I made sure my first order of business was make the table look pretty. So he would know that there was like something brewing and whatever. And, uh, and then his home fries came out amazing. He was very, very happy. And, um, I actually took him and my mom uh, and Kevin, we were just going to go for a ride. And he had had a dream. I had said to them, like, okay, we'll take a ride to Malibu. Maybe, like, go buy him a shirt or something. Like, he loves shirts. And uh, and once we were going towards Malibu, it was, like, getting colder and colder and more traffic. So we turned around and we went to, like, this outdoor mall. And I was like, okay, Dad, we're going to go into the Nike store. I had him all masked and gloved up. I'm like, we're going to go into the Nike store and we're going to buy you a shirt. Because the night before father's day he had a dream that we were buying him a shirt so he was he was at the store and he was um somebody something about a shirt and then my mom took it and said i'm gonna buy it for you and she went to the register and then she woke him up to go to the bathroom in real life so he never knew if he got the shirt i go dad it's so funny that was part of my plan we're gonna go buy you a shirt so so i took him to the nike store and i'm like Someone has to make your dream come true, Dad. You wanted a shirt. <laughs> and so we bought him a shirt. Actually, we bought him two shirts. Clothes and are a good socks. idea. Clo- I, I ended up getting my dad um, frozen whiskey rocks. You know, those things that'll like cool your whiskey shaped like golf balls. Because mm-hmm. he likes golf and he likes whiskey. But even still, I'm like, it's a thoughtful gift. Like, it shows that I spent some time. But I don't think he'll use them. Like, it's... <laughs> and I can relate as a guy. It's Laura has trouble shopping for me. Yeah. I just think... Dudes are less interesting people. There's <laughs> just less for us that we care about. I, I mean, think we for, care about so much. Yeah. For guys, we're more like logical in terms of like what we expect and what surprises us. So like when I look for what I can get my dad, I'm like, what's something that he's eventually going to have to buy anyway? Or what's something that like I know he would buy, but he's never going to go out of his way to buy? Yeah. So like for me, it'd be like a new hard drive for him. Or like a something that'll burn records to MP3. Like that's something that he would be excited yeah. by because he wants to take his records and convert them to MP3. But he's never going to go out of his way to order something on Amazon to do it. Yeah. So it's like, what's the need that they don't know they need? It's interesting. I remember. I think last year I was walking by like one of those stores, like a Ray Ban store or something, and I saw the Ray Ban sunglasses that had built-in speakers, so you can Bluetooth your phone to the sunglasses. And he was giddy. They were like $200 and they're amazing. Literally, you get to wear sunglasses and hear your music. Like, does super he still cool. have them? Oh, yeah. But he'll, he, those are probably in a drawer somewhere. Anything I buy that's a gadget, he is so giddy and excited for. So it lights him up like a Christmas tree. He uses it for a minute and then he forgets how to charge it or he loses the charger or whatever. Like, that's why you got to get him drills. And then, truthfully, like within two months, they, my mom got her next brain tumor diagnosis and so they've been back here this whole time so he hasn't seen them and probably has forgotten all about them so that is the situation there 
Well, if you want to talk about gift ideas, Maria, only if you're up for it, I do have an article that I found in the LA Times about the dumbest crowdfunding ideas that have emerged because of COVID. Crowdfunding ideas. So this is people who go on what, like GoFundMe and say, I have an idea, fund me? It's more like Indiegogo, probably. I think GoFundMe I don't know what's Indiegogo. So uh, GoFundMe is typically charities, but then there are like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, which is the same idea but for entrepreneurial products. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of Shark Tank ideas started on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. And it's the same idea where instead of crowdfunding a charity, you're crowdfunding a product or an idea. Okay. So Stephen, do you have the article pulled up? Oh yeah, you know I do. So let's start with this nose mask. Um, This this is the idea of... um, A nose mask. So it's like... (laughs) To protect you from corona? Yeah, but it's just your nose. And I think (laughs) the idea is it looks like... You look... Uh, okay. I almost feel like this is Dimitri Martin playing a trick on us. Who's that? He's a comedian that looks kind of like this guy. Wait, this this is strange. Okay, so someone's crowdfunding this. Have they received money? Yeah, a lot of people are all in. So that's the what? way it works is... The way crowdfunding works is it's a guaranteed product. So if you buy in early, they'll send you the product. And you know, if 20,000 people can do that, it's enough upstart money for them to... Wait, so can I ask it's, a question? Do raised- they... Do they actually answer the question of why not cover your mouth? Because at least your nose has hairs that are supposed to protect you from whatever goes in there, right? And stop stuff. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. Is this the video? I'll just read it because it looks like the video is long. But it says protection against air pollution and allergies needed an upgrade. Meet nosy. It doesn't talk about why you cover your mouth. I think they're just amplifying why you cover your nose. Oh, there it is. We are designed to breathe through our noses from birth. It's the way humans have evolved. The majority of people take for granted how infrequently they breathe through their mouths. Although when wearing nosy, you may breathe in small amounts of unfiltered air through your mouth, this trade-off is worth it for the day-long protection against air pollution. Maria, it's raised 23,000 euros. Wow. Fantastic. All right. What's next? You know, let's skip the bio trimmer and go to the the bio trimmer. The VYZR. Do you see that one, Steven? Biovisor. The biovisor. It's okay. an air-powered it's a, a powered air filtration protective shield. Um it it might work, but this is the kind of thing can you wait, imagine you, that looks like a baby carriage, like a hold on, wait, what? Yeah, you put it on your face. You put Didn't it... that just look like one of those car seats? That yeah, you put it does. It... it does. Okay, so okay, so now you're putting that on your person. You okay. literally turn into somebody from Annihilation, the movie. No, but this is what we've always wanted. We've Kevin's always wanted his own orb, right? <laughs> this is like your above body orb, right? You just have your own ecosystem. Is that what it's really meant to do? I guess. And you know what? If it works, I can actually see the validity of this. Wait, but... now we're going in outer space, guys. Come on. We're doing it. Wait, Let's so, call Elon Musk. So you wear this and it provides your own air filtration system? Yeah. It's a gigantic plastic bubble that you're intended to wear out in public. Um, and it has more than a quarter million dollars. I guess it's... I think that is actually smart. Like, if you want to go live life and not be afraid we've already heard that the masks don't really do much, but that shit, that's going to work. It's a good point. You know what? We're laughing now, but in six months, this might be the thing everyone's wearing on airplanes. $350,000 it's raised. I'll invest in that. Um, and I, they sell filters too. That's that's where they get you. They get you with the filters. So the one I actually really liked. Guys, and I was... I, I, how much do these things cost? Can I buy one right now? I uh, want to start walking around with one Here we go. Of these. Singles pack. If you invest $340, you get... 
a single pack and a pack of 10 filters. Okay, so I can actually buy this and receive this now? No, yep. estimated shipping August 2020. So okay. I think once... So this Yeah, is they're trying then. to get like a whole amount of people... Yeah, they're in production now, it looks like. Oh, yeah, I'm buying one of these puppies. I'm going to buy my parents them. I'm going to have to love you, aren't I? We'll put a lavalier mic on you, and you can yeah. do the show from I'm inside. I'm being my own visor. personal orb. Now my parents, I can go do whatever I want. I'll just put these things on them. <laughs> I love the idea of Maria running around the neighborhood smelling the flowers yeah. in this biovisor. Yeah. And by the way, like my mom needs any more contraptions on her head. <laughs> the poor thing. Now she's going to have this friggin' orb to like keep her safe. You know what? If it works... Meanwhile, what I will say with my mom, and we can go to the rest of these another day because I know you have a lot of funny ones and I want to get to the interview with Dr. Mark. Um, What's interesting is my mom had her MRI last week and they said that um, the whatever like teeny bit that's left, they believe is just scar tissue and it's it's stable, of course. Um, But her blood work, her doctor was like, you you have the blood work of a 30-year-old. Wow. And... I was like, oh, I guess I'm doing a good job, right? Because, you know, we've got her on a very clean diet and we've got her on um, so many supplements. And it just really goes to show you exactly what Dr. Mark is going to be speaking about today, that you are what you eat from your head down to your feet. Um, And so what a transition. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's talk uh, health and healing. So Dr. Mark Emerson is a chiropractic physician, author, and internationally recognized professional speaker who specializes in nutrition-based lifestyle medicine and natural treatment methods for patients of all ages. His successful evidence-based clinical proven protocols help to empower people to live healthier lives by preventing and resolving chronic issues and diseases he has been on the show before he comes to us from hawaii hello dr mark emerson how are you good maria great to see you great to see you i wish i was where you are Uh, well feel free come on out in fact (laughs) i kind of almost was if you think about it we were talking about coming out to the clinic and then in the moment of like discussing it the world just shut down yeah. Well, the good thing is something to look forward to. So there we go. Yeah. You know, that's that's what we're all kind of, we're really all having to look forward. You know. Yeah. I yeah. could have been trapped in Hawaii, guys. My dream could have come true. <laughs> all right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Um, So... I was just explaining to everybody, and I know you're familiar with everything with my mom, but 
um, I was saying that my mom's MRI this, this last week came back and I mean the tumor, there's just a hint of a tumor left. We knocked out this massive tumor that hit in September and, um, and it's just like scar tissue they think, but her mm-hmm. blood work was that of a 30 year olds, they said. Yeah. And go. I think it's living proof of what you talk about in your book, the healing protocols that you really are what you eat and a collection of what you eat because for the last four years outside of maybe a year span when she went home and then she was re-diagnosed with a tumor she started to cheat on the mm-hmm. diet she mm-hmm. was going to the local pizza joint and she was getting margaritas that were made with all these syrups and you know eating bread she would she would find bread my dad would hide in this house and she would cheat and so the tumor came back and now that she's been here, uh, she can't cheat with me. Right. And so um, we've had her on veg- fruits, vegetables, very little meat, no carbs, um, and supplements, high-dose vitamin C infusions. Sure. And uh, there's no way, it's a coincidence, that she's doing as well as she is. And, um, it's hard for people to want to adopt this and I'm sure you see it every single day. So tell me what you think. Well, uh, and first off, you know, just on a personal level, since you and I are friends, great job with your mom, because it, it, it takes a lot of courage to not necessarily go the mainstream. You know, what you're doing is often seen, you know, alternative, but when you when we really look at the healing process of the human body you know the human body basically needs two things we need food for energy right and we need those foods to be high nutrients so that we can repair and then we have a nice long life we're really geared towards being healthy we're not a sick animal by design mm-hmm. um, you know we're not a we're not an animal that's designed to basically knock out at 60 you know we're we're designed for long life but the food What constitutes food is very, very important, not only in preventing disease, but as you've seen firsthand in reversing disease, because the body does have an ability to reverse, obviously, or we probably none of us would have got through our undergraduate days. Yeah. You know, there were so many things that I marked in here. And one of them that I I've always said, uh, not always, but in the last few years, um, the cumulative effects of your daily habits will directly relate to your level of health. Mm-hmm. Um, and that dietary habits have the most significant impact on your health. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, what life really is. Life is cumulative. And so, you know, we get away with a lot of things when we're young, mm-hmm. so we can eat, drink, and do things. But we forget that life is cumulative. And a classic example is, you know, cardiovascular disease, the number one killer in the United States for men and women, happens in the fourth, fifth, and sixth decades of life, right? So you're 40, 50, 60-year-olds. So it didn't start at the age of 40. It's been building for that long. That's how long it takes mm-hmm. to get a chronic progressive disease. And remember, the majority of us, you know, 90% of our population will die of a chronic progressive disease. And two things that, that shows immediately is, number one, a large majority of our population is dying before we should, really, the way we're designed. And the second thing is, is we get onto a disease-promoting diet early on, you know, in our, in our childhood. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what we have to look at is since life is cumulative, 
diet is cumulative, bad habits are cumulative. That's what we see. see I like to, with my patients, we talk about a health continuum, right? And we're never really in one spot. We're, we're kind of floating up and down mm-hmm. in the continuum with disease being down here, disease and death here, and then, you know, good life and good health. And we are floating around the continuum at all times. And our goal really is to be up the healthy side of the continuum more often. And what, what do we find with those patients when you look at the blue zones? If you've ever, you know, just talked about the blue zones before, it's, a, it's longevity, right? Actually, in Greece, there's mm-hmm. a right? <laughs> you know, Okinawa and et cetera. So the point being is, is when you're living more up on the healthy continuum with food, diet, lifestyle, then we have a healthier, we basically have a healthier life. Yeah. Now, in my job, right? I'm in disease reversal, right? And it's always chronic disease because we don't really have many acute diseases. So what that means is, is I'm, anytime we get a patient, we're talking about someone who's had really chronic habitual habits that have got them into this place further down the continuum towards sickness. And we need to flip that around. So, so yeah, I, I kind of figured that out at some point that we, we abuse kind of, uh, our youth and we're like, Oh, whatever, we're fine. You know, you're, you're not thinking in those ways, um, when you're young and then eventually in your like thirties, things start to kind of you know, mm-hmm. pop up. And then in your forties, they're really popping up. I never thought about it in terms of cardiovascular disease. And that is kind of a big aha moment because you're right. Like, you know, a lot of men you hear, like they hit fifties and then all of a sudden they're having heart attacks and it's like, wow, can you believe this? What a shock. Right. right? Out of nowhere. Out right. of nowhere. No. He had a heart attack. He was so healthy. Right. But was he or she, he? right? Yeah. And, we're, and, we, and remember, and this is the thing I, I, I try to stress with my female patients, say, look, cardiovascular disease, you know, heart disease kills more women than all cancers combined. Yet we think typically heart disease is an a affliction for males, but actually more women die of cardiovascular disease than any other disease. So it, it's one of those things where we can kind of get complacent because oftentimes uh what's the first symptom of a heart attack right the heart attack so yeah. we don't that's why we get this miss we get misconstrued and think oh he was perfectly healthy and then he had a heart attack well that's not how things really happen but it was the first sign and symptom that he had but then when we go back and you know and this is what i try to do with my patients with in lifestyle medicine is we actually want to look at your history we want to look at your blood labs from several years ago you know, five, six years ago, if we can go that far back. And what we'll find is we'll actually start seeing the disease process starting, mm-hmm. right? And that I think to me is very helpful for education because, you know, and, and I mentioned it in my book of talking about blood labs, right? And, you know, if there's a range of blood labs and you're always close to the, you know, the bottom range, you're always close to the top range, you're going to be considered normal. But that can lull us into complacency of saying, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy, just means you're quote normal, right? And so that's the same thing we see with diabetes and, and heart disease and all these other kind of markers that we're using. I like to see patients somewhere in the middle, right? If you're middle range of the blood lab, then you're actually doing much better because you're not closer to the top or closer to the bottom. You know? Yeah. And I feel like there's been a lot of marketing um, in recent years targeted towards women and educating us on heart disease and how young women, uh, 30s, 40s are having heart attacks. So I am aware of that, but I still have 
the notion in my head that it's, you know, 50 year old men. And so I wonder, can you break down for us what leads to that place? What choices are leading us there so that we can start to be aware of them? Absolutely. And I, you know, it, the cumulative factor, right? So really to get heart disease, you know, you have to have, and in any disease, really any chronic progressive disease, the disease process is basically three steps. You have chronic inflammation, which is coming from an external source and the food, food supply. Because remember, we eat about every three, four or five hours, and we don't really do anything else all day and night that often is put something in our mouth. So by putting these compounds into our mouth, and if, if they're highly destructive or, or very caustic to our body, the chronic inflammatory response occurs. So when that inflammation occurs, it's trying to fight off what we just poisoned ourselves with. And that'd be one thing if it's once in a while, but if it's just daily, three to four hours a day, every day, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that chronic inflammation then drives down to oxidative stress. And remember, oxidative stress is kind of like rust. And so we're eating a diet without the antioxidants. And that's where the term antioxidant is really important in diet. There are foods that are filled with antioxidants. So as our body's starting to break down and oxidize, which remember causes cellular death, premature cellular death, DNA damage, etc., that oxidation component if it's left to go out of control, we now have chronic inflammation, oxidative stress, which then goes into immune dysfunction. And when we have immune dysfunction, we're opportunistic. We're now primed for those opportunistic diseases such as cardiovascular, diabetes, et cetera. And that's how we get it because those three components though can all be reversed with diet and lifestyle. Because for I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. For the most part, they're all diet and lifestyle influence. Mm-hmm. Right? Chronic inflammation is a dietary stimulation. Oxidative stress is a dietary stimulation. And of course, immune dysfunction is dietary induced as well or lifestyle induced as well. Because really when you got too much stuff going on, inflammation, oxidative stress, the body just wears down. Mm-hmm. And the fascinating thing is it takes about 40 years. Right? So if... If inflammation leads to things like autoimmune diseases, are the Mm -hmm. autoimmune diseases the first kind of like warning flag that then could lead to the cardiovascular? 
Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a possibility. And what we see is these co- comorbidity things. And we, and we see this with COVID, right? So with the COVID thing, and we won't spend much time on COVID other than the majority of patients that are really debilitated by COVID and, and even see death is ones with comorbidity. And what does that mean? Comorbidity basically means you have a number of dysfunctional things going on in the body, whether it be cardiovascular, obesity, diabetes, maybe autoimmune disorders, maybe COPD, because this appears to be more of a um, you know, lung type of uh, ailment. So a- as we're looking at these things that we're talking about as someone who's really immunocompromised and then an opportunistic virus or path- pathogen then really wreaks havoc for them. But, it, you know, it's the, same, it's the same thing that I try to tell people every year. It's like, you know, every 37 seconds, you know, 37 to 43 seconds, someone in the United States has a heart attack. That's Fat, you know, that's shocking numbers when you really look at how many people have a chronic progressive disease. And as you put, a lot of them don't even know it yeah. right? till that moment. So go back to the autoimmune disorders. You, said, you know, infertility is another one, right? But infertility seems to be on the rise. So what we're really finding, in my opinion, and is we're seeing a lot more systemic disease than we used two years ago. Right. Infertility isn't necessarily just a reproductive issue. It's a systemic mm-hmm. issue. Right. So the way to fix you know, infertility issues is we got to get the whole body healthy. Mm-hmm. We got to fix the endocrine system where there's oftentimes autoimmune components to it. And once we actually correct the body's functionality, then things are get to be restored. Interesting. So yeah, it seems like it's like no different than in a weird way, like a car, right? If one thing is off on the car, other things aren't working right. And then you're dealing with, you know, a couple things that are, are overheating the system and exactly. Right. So like when I, if I think of myself, I have Hashimoto's, Yep. I fall into prediabetes, mm-hmm. I teeter right? Mm -hmm. My dad's type one, my brother's type two. Um, and I just really carefully watch it and pull back. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and really am careful as careful as I can be. Um, and then, um, obviously I've got my tumor, but that's a different story. And then infertility has always been an issue. Right. 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 So you're saying if I was able to focus on the Hashimoto's and the endocrine stuff with the diabetes, I could reverse the infertility issues. Now at my age, you know, it's I'm starting sure. to get to that place where I'm 42, sure. things wouldn't really work as well anyhow, but right. I wouldn't have had as hard a time maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of evidence that we see not only in the journals, but actually in clinical practice as well. And I think we need to really start helping patients understand that we are we are a body of systems. And as you eloquently put with the car, so is a car. A car is full of systems and one system is going to affect the other. Uh, another question or another topic is we talk about is thyroid. So, you know, my take on thyroid is a little different when the body gets heat. So think about the thyroid from a metabolic standpoint. It's kind of like the thermostat in the body. It's, it's like your, your idle speed, so to speak. Right. And so we have so many patients that have hypothyroidism in the United States and Hashimoto's were thyroiditis they're all coupled together. But my take on thyroid and the, my approach to thyroid, why we have a lot of success in my practice on, on thyroid, uh, hypothyroidism is we're going to treat it like a chronic inflammatory response, which means what? Well, anything that's inflamed is hot, heated, 
right? Yeah. So anytime there's chronic inflammation or even acute inflammation, if you sprained your ankle, it's high. So the body is going to intuitively lower a metabolism. It's going to lower. Ah, that's why everybody right? gains weight. That's why everybody gains weight. That And the thyroid actually never gets fixed. You go on some thyroid, you get the medication. And what do we do? We just watch blood numbers. But the patient actually doesn't ever resolve. That's because we're going about it from the wrong approach. Not to say that thyroid medication won't be helpful in the interim, but it, it's obviously not the long term. It's the Band-Aid. It's the Band-Aid, right. And so by simply fixing the body's chronic inflammatory imbalance so that the patient is no longer chronically inflamed, I see thyroid numbers equalize and, and go into you know, nice, healthy ranges all the time. Um, and, uh, and oftentimes it's a secondary thing. It may not even be the primary thing we're trying to fix. And I found the same thing with infertility. So if you're burning too hot, you know, and your endocrine system is off, right? Infertility is going to be very difficult. I mean, excuse me, fertility is going to be a very difficult type of functionality for the body when it's so dysfunctional. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, Ayurvedic medicine deals with hot and cold, right? Sure. And I've Absolutely. done a little studying on that. And so even when you hear the word stress, that sounds hot, right? Yep. And we all know that stress is, you know, a health killer, um, right. not good for fertility, not good for your health in general. So that's, you need to cool that down as well. So when you look at thyroid issues, are you, is everything for you all leading back to diet? I mean, I know the answer to degree, but I have to ask for the yeah, sake for of the anybody most part, who hasn't because that's, that's the most common uh, and excessive source of inflammation, mm-hmm. right? So really all roads pretty much lead back to that because all roads lead back to chronic inflammation. When you think of all chronic progressive diseases, they all have chronic inflammation as a foundation to it. Alzheimer, dementia, cardiovascular, obesity, you know, diabetes, thyroid, infertility. There's all a, in cancer, there's all a chronic inflammatory response going on in the body. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a normal response? It's not necessarily, a, I mean, it's a normal response. Not really. It's a common response. Yeah. And that's what we, we kind of forget. It's out of control. So really inflammation should be like an acute, acute thing. You sprain your ankle, if you, you know, a week, two later, it goes away and you're back to normal. That's acute inflammation. That's resolving. We do a lot of that with the athletes. Get, you know, they get an injury, we rehab them, they're back on the field. In chronic inflammation, we get acute inflammation, then something interrupts the healing process and goes back to acute inflammation. Mm-hmm. So it starts all over again. But then we do this over and over and over and over. And so now we're in a chronic inflammatory response. And by that chronic inflammatory response, number one being heat driven, It's going to alter the way our entire systems work. So we really become into it. We compensate. We're now living at a compensation as opposed to being living in optimum functionality. And that that's a biggie, especially with weight gain, right? When we talk about weight loss. When you you think of, yeah, I definitely want to touch on that. I want to, before we move forward from inflammation, I Mm kind of want to, I want people to understand what inflammation means, like technically, but also what does it look like before it's now disease and we can associate it with disease, right? Like I, I know as someone in the health space, like that inflammation is the root of, you know, thyroid issues and cancers and things like that, right? That these are things that I've learned, but what does that look like? Is it, 
before you get to that so you can see the warning signs of inflammation? Yeah, now, and this is where I was going to touch on with weight, weight gain. So I see a lot of patients who are overweight and they, and the first thing that we always think to, because we're geared in our culture is what? Fat. I'm fat. And I always have to have an honest discussion with patients and say a lot of, you know, you're not that fat. What you are though is systemically inflamed. Mm. And so what is inf inflammation really? Inflammation is swelling, right? And so that's why some of these diets, particularly a diuretic diet, works really well in the short term. So in a week, you could burn off 10 pounds. Well, most of it's just fluid. And a lot of it has to do with that chronic inflammatory response. People are puffy. Mm -hmm. Fat isn't puffy, right? So if you think about some people that are overweight, they're really not that fat, but they definitely are out of balance. And that's that inflammatory response. So that, that's one way to look at it. That's kind of, you know, how it, how it looks. Now, remember, this will all go down from external that we can see puffiness in the arms under the chin, et cetera, all the way down into the inside of our arteries. So any tissue can swell and inflame and be crippled because also inflammation basically will knock out the metabolism of that, of that area. Mm -hmm. So if you think as a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful Pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful Pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Think of inside an artery. If the inside of an artery is inflamed, the actual flexibility that our artery is dramatically decreased so the pump no longer happens so we get a lot of stasis we get a lot of things that just kind of sit there like a cesspool so to speak which then what creates more inflammation mm -hmm. right and so we can see cross-section cross-section of an artery that is taken out of a, a chronic inflamed patient and it looks red and inflamed and actually it looks like cheese pizza it's really mm -hmm. bizarre it really does I'm not kidding. It really does. You guys can Google that. But it, exactly. Which goes back to what? You, we are what we eat. Yeah. So when you think about the cheese pizza, what does it actually do to the artery? The exact same thing. It oh creates the God. crippled inflammation and et cetera. That's what my husband looks like all over his body. <clears throat> he eats pizza every day. Every day. It's, it's Well, then, you know, you get people who, okay, again, the thing I always have to remind people is, look, Heart disease can happen in anybody, even the skinny people, because yeah. you get the people who are thin and they exercise, but then they still have coronary artery disease, right? Or cardiovascular disease. So really, when you look at it, it's inside the artery, which we can't see. Now, our imaging has gotten a lot better, right? We're doing more CT scans and MRIs and angiograms and things where we can actually see blockage and we can see that 
uh, disruption of blood flow, um, even ultrasound. I do a lot of ultrasounds with my patients, particularly carotid, and we want to see the ultrasound of the liver and the kidneys and things. Because blood flow is just like it's just like the flow of life. You have to have good blood flow, and that's the biggest thing that really inflammation does is it slows down our our blood. Our blood gets thick, the viscosity gets to where it's just like a slow-moving river, and that's not good. So inflammation before it's it's manifested in disease looks like what on the it, on the inside. I mean, as as is it like a phlegm thing? Is yeah, it it's kind of phlegmy? That's a good way to put it. Um, and how it would present. So other than just seeing it in the body, is how does it present? That's what so I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah, someone who's chronically tired. I guarantee anybody who's chronically tired has chronic inflammation because the oxygen exchange is not happening mm-hmm. on the red blood cell and getting in there. Remember, the, pro- the and, and inflammation is products. They're chemical products, not that you buy, but are made in the body in response to a threat. Now, if the threat isn't there, the body can then wipe it up, clean it up, and return the blood flow to a nice, nice, um, nice flow. But three hours, four hours again, when you introduce something that creates a toxic environment that starts the chronic inflammatory response again, then your body is overwhelmed by this inflammation and you start feeling tired and you run down. And I, you know, and, and I even put this in my book. So let's, you know, the uh, good example that I try with patients is say, look, you're going to sit down you're going to watch you on the uh, New Year's Eve show. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was awesome, by the way. Thank you. you. (laughs) And so then, Two people are going to sit down and watch the show. One's going to have a bag of potato chips and one's going to have bananas, you know, a bunch of bananas. Well, the potato chip person is going to rifle through the bag of potato chips and feel like hell afterwards, right? Because of the toxicity and the oil and no non-nutrients. The banana person, though, on the other hand, is going to eat one, maybe two bananas if they're really hungry. And then that's it, right? And they're going to feel comfortable. They're not going to feel poisoned right? They got the nutrient density, they got the, mm-hmm. so that's really what we have to really look at. And why I say food's the number one issue is because all of our food is all highly toxic, empty calories, mm-hmm. right? Those antioxidants that fight inflammation are not there. So the They're Pringles all... I ate the other night when I was sad, not helping my case. Not the best. No. <laughs> so, so this is the problem, right? Is we've been trained that these yep. things will make us happy. Snickers Absolutely. is going to make me so much happier. Um, well, when I'm sad, I'm like, take me through McDonald's. I want my vanilla cone. It will make me feel better. And ooh. I've trained my mind to think that these things are my solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I cover, all, there's a whole chapter in my book about food addictions, because what you're describing is food addictions. And it does make us feel better. It's that dopamine, instant gratification Mm -hmm. pop. And that's why we reach to it. But remember, there's nothing free, right? So we get that hit, we get that instant high, and just like all drugs, it creates that inflammatory response. And that's why you feel high while you're eating the chips. But then after you're done with with the whole ring of Pringles, you feel like hell. Yeah. You can't say you feel good. No one does. Well, also the other fit. problem is, is I think that when you've done something long enough, you don't even know. Like, I don't think all those years in my life when I didn't pay attention to my diet because I was running ragged, I didn't know what was affecting me. I'm still now dissecting the fact that my asthma issues 
weren't even necessarily asthma. Mm -hmm. My asthma issues were dairy, uh, wine, the sulfites in wine. I just realized I had wine the other night with my parents and then almost had to go to the hospital. I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, well, I've had this feeling before many times. Oh, shit, it's probably the wine. And so I don't think we as people especially in a modern society when we're so overextended and so oversaturated, um, have time to do the investigative work to see. So I've been creating a file to, okay, what I'm feeling like after I'm eating certain things so I can dissect, okay, this doesn't make me feel good. I had tomatoes the other day. I felt terrible after it does not work for me. Um, and yeah, so I'm not big on the diary because that's that's when it's fresh in our mind we can write that down. And it, and it may be something counterproductive or counter, excuse me counterintuitive like tomatoes are good for you. Well, if they don't do you well, then we need to recognize that. But you're absolutely right as as far as we acclimate to any yeah. environment. So if we're eating a lot of toxic foods, even if they're giving us some symptomatology, we just acclimate to it. So now it takes more of that substance to create the response. And that's, you know, that's how we get into trouble, which is why we have chronic disease killing the majority of our people, right? Yeah. Because it's chronic. Our body adapts. I'll tell you, our body is a strong, strong uh, animal. I mean, we put up with a lot. And that's the beauty of, you know, our immune system. But, and I try to flip that around instead of saying, okay, we can endure a lot of punishment. What I like to see, uh, you know, tell patients is say, look, that means healing is on your side. Because every time you've been damaging your body, even when you were a kid, your body has been there healing you, healing you, healing you, healing you, right? So just imagine if we flipped it around and actually ran with healing for a while. Yeah. And and when you talk about getting your nutrients, um, I remember starting to realize that because I have had chronic fatigue and all of these things. Um, when I was on my honeymoon and we were in Italy and we had this buffet of all this fresh fruit and all these different things. And I had been staying away from fruit for so long, thinking they were high in sugar. And what I did was I had a little bit of everything and I got this incredible energy surge and I realized, oh, I'm not eating a variety of things. I'm not getting different nutrients. And, Mm -hmm. um, also having another, um, guest on the show who was on a fully raw diet and she would talk about how much she needed to eat of raw vegetables to get the nutrition she needed made me start to realize I'm under eating good things as well. And so, uh, you know, that was something, and I want you to explain, because I know in here you go into detail about the macronutrients and stuff. And I think that that's really important stuff for people to, to learn. Yeah, I, the macronutrients are what we're all, we're just pounded with, right? Macronutrients, which are what carbohydrate, protein, and fats, and those are the energy aspects of food. But it's the micronutrients that ju- that are is just as important, and that's why you know in all my protocols we push whole food diet. Mm-hmm. So if you're on a whole food diet, that means you got the macronutrients protein, carbohydrates, fat, as well as the micronutrients, antioxidants, phytonutrients, fiber, and water. And as you're getting the whole food, which we're designed for, remember, you know, we're really not designed to eat factory processed food products. We're designed for all natural foods. Our system does extremely well with that, but we're, we're just, you know, pushed into the, 
the what I call the macro wars. And it makes no sense at all. Number one, nobody's deficient in the United States. The protein war is the one that drives me nuts. I cover it in my book. Nobody is protein deficient in, in uh, the United States. We get so much protein. We actually get over protein. So as soon as you start eating healthier, people always say, where are you going to get your protein? That is just, it's an asinine argument. And it's fear-based because what I'm not a big fan of is the micronutrients are the things that are actually eliminated during processing. The macronutrients aren't. So carbohydrates, protein, and fat are always in, in everything when you look at it, except water maybe. But other than that, it's the phytonutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, the fiber, all removed. Well, that's the healing part of our body, right? So I always ask somebody when they're like, oh, you know, I have this protein supplement and I take it every morning. And my first question is, is why? Were you, did, did we clinically find that you were protein deficient? And they're like, no. So I'm like, well, what's the clinical rationale to supplement a macronutrient, right? Which is calories and, and energy when you were never deficient to begin with. And what I find is those same people, you know, and it's usually workout people because they've, yeah. they've got yeah, my husband drinks a protein smoothie every day yeah. and I will do protein here and there because I don't eat chicken or anything. And so I've sure. been trained that, you know, you got to throw in your protein. That's how you're going to get your, you know, that's right. We've been programmed to that. And really what it is, is to sell products. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at, look at an avocado. I mean, look at, look at artichoke hearts. I mean, there's protein in every single thing, but when we get fear-based in the things, we start doing things that aren't, aren't the best for our body. Cause I don't care what the protein and I'm not going to pick on protein powders. I guess my point being is, is yeah. it's a heavily processed food product as opposed to eating the healthy alternative foods, which are abundant, that yeah. have plenty of protein, pl plenty of carbohydrates, plenty of, of good fat that our body can use and hooked together in that natural state has the healing components, the micronutrients, you know, antioxidant, phytonutrients and fiber. Quick. And that's really what we're void of. I mean, you think about, you know, we should be getting upwards of 30 plus grams a day in the United States, right? For of fiber. And roughly the average American gets about 13 grams a day. So we're so deficient. And then, so what is, you know, microbiome has been a big talk and discussion over the last several, you know, quite a few years actually. And we've, we've been focused on microbiome in my practice for years, well before it was even vogue. And the reason why is because 70% of our immune system lies in our gut. So we have to have a healthy gut. And the only way to get a healthy gut is you've got to eat fiber-rich foods, right? So even a probiotic, which we use clinically sometimes for, to help patients, we want your microbiome, your good bacteria, to be grown naturally in your gut because your gut is designed to grow your own microbiome garden, right? And, and likewise, you can have bad bacteria growing in the gut, right? That's what we call dysbiosis. And you can actually be eating a lot of foods that stimulate the bad bacteria of the microbiome as well. So then what happens? Imbalance, yeah. inflammation, oxidative stress, immune dysfunction. What so are the see, good foods that would create the bad Oh, the, there's a refined sugars really help fuel bad bacteria. Um, animal protein, animal carcass proteins, like such as, um, you know, oftentimes chicken, beef. Uh, if you're overloading those without eating any other fibers, um, that'll stimulate the bad bacteria. It feeds the bad bacteria. And you think about it, um, for the most part, 
uh, anything that's going to have something that creates or feeds the bad bacteria that's you're taking in more often is the perfect opportunity. It's the, it's the perfect petri dish, so to speak, down in your gut to to build these bad bacteria. And so the funny thing is, is in our in our culture, we always like the black and white um, approach to everything, you know. And it, it's really not that way. I mean, oftentimes I want unless someone's really bad. In my programs, we'll do elimination diets if they really need it clinically. But oftentimes, I just want people to add more healthy foods Mm -hmm. to their diet, right? And we're always, you know, and and this is just kind of the way we're programmed. We want to, you know, what can I remove and fix everything? And it doesn't really work that way. You know, I I won't say there's one bad food necessarily, uh, because it's always a, like you you quoted in the book, it's cumulative effects, right? You know, it's the same with alcohol. Alcohol isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but in in the right mixture, it can be an accelerant, right? Jeff, I know you had a question. Jump in. Yeah, you know, it was related to what you were talking about with protein and fiber and especially protein shakes. I've mm-hmm. heard, and I'd love to hear you speak to this, Dr. Emerson, it's best for us to try to eat our food rather than like drink our food because we need to train and teach our body that chewing and swallowing is an sure. important part of consumption. Do you agree with that? I do. I do agree with that. Um, part of it is... It, it has to do with the, the digestive sequence, sequence in our in our whole digestive system. Meaning, you know, sal- salivary amylase is, is the starch breakdown that is in our mouth. It's the most abundant enzyme we have in our mouth. And so, the chewing of getting that enzyme going, getting the mastication going, and grinding things, which have to be whole food, right? They have to have some fiber to them. That then fires the stomach to create more hydrochloric acid and digestive enzymes. It gets the duodenum ready. It gets the small intestine ready for nutrient absorption. And it actually gets the large intestine ready for elimination. So, yes, the, uh, I, I'm more of a big fan for people to eat the whole food component because it's a system. And again, we go back to systems, right? We're designed for system in the mouth, down to the gut, et cetera, et cetera. In, and I actually describe this in my book as well because I think it's important that we need to remember that we are like a food processor, hmm. which means we have to be processing real food. And so as far as the smoothies or the or a lot of the protein powders that are kind of, they're already pre-digested, so to speak. So as we drink it, we are actually not getting the best digestive system. Now, once in a while or a part of your diet, you know, can you have a smoothie a day of healthy foods? Yeah, that's not going to hurt you as long as you're going to have the rest of your meals, whole food diets. Right? I think that's our issue is everything has to be easy nowadays, right? And yeah. so- Sometimes I'll get into a situation, even as of late, where if I'm starving and everything looks like it's going to be work, like I yeah. see the avocados, I see the, you know, the lettuce, yep. I say, oh my God, I just need something. I'll literally grab the Pringles and I, get it. I just satiate my need in that moment and it's awful. But, um, but the drinking of things is easy. So I'll buy green juices because I know I want an abundance of nutrients to go down and I might not have the time that I want to devote to eating that day. So sorry, I'm having a mic issue. Um, I might not have the, the time to devote to eating as much. So I'm making sure I can get my nutrients in. No, absolutely. And in that, in that regard, that's fine. But you know, here's what, here's what I see a lot uh, with patients who are having chronic issues that becomes their focal 
uh, nutrient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm eating tons of salads and stuff as well. So, yeah. yeah. But remember, a lot of people don't, and they think, and it's not necessarily a slight on folks, it's just, like you said, time. So they think the smoothie in the morning is Mm -hmm. now they're good for the rest of the day. And that's not true because, unfortunately, they're going to go have a snack at work and then lunch and then another snack and then dinner, and all of those are going to pile up that chronic inflammation and cellular damage to where that one smoothie a day of relatively good food isn't going to isn't going to back you out of the disease process. Yeah. Great question, Jeff, because that's a really great point for everybody to, um, to understand. And also if you're doing the same ingredients every day, mm-hmm. right. Isn't, I mean, they say variety is so important, but is it something where like my husband will have his protein smoothie and he'll put his dark cherries in there and, and he thinks, okay, I'm doing great here. But mm-hmm. like eventually you need some other things. You can't eat the same things every day. No, I agree. I mean, the versatility and, and the variety is what is, and it's great for the microbiome. So remember, we have trillions of bacteria in our body. And so we want to have a full spectrum of good bacteria going on in there. And the, and the way to do that is to really vary our foods. Um, you know, and, and again, it's all fiber foods. These are all plant-based foods. And I think that's the thing that, that most people, if, look, if you're going to build your microbiome, it's whole food, it's plant-based. So you're not going to build it with, you know, chicken and you're not going to build it with um, processed foods. So classic example, I'll go back to the probiotic. Probiotic is, is good for certain clinical conditions. But remember, the probiotic is the end stage of microbiome building it's the good bacteria so if you're eating the good bacteria made in a lab you're not actually getting the prebiotic to help start and reestablish your own colony of natural microbiome Mm. so while it's effective it's very good in diarrhea if someone has an acute diarrhea spell or if you're traveling and you're not used to that environment probiotics are a great thing to have however if you notice people who go on a probiotic, they're always taking probiotics every day. Yeah. And then I'm always questioning, like, what for? You should be building your microbiome, which is what? The foods that build your microbiome with prebiotic foods. So what happens there is our body is brilliant, just like, you know, it's, it's such a wonderful design. We're eating these resistant starches that build short-chain fatty acids, which then proliferate through the gut. Are the good bacteria eats those short chain fatty acids, and then the byproduct of eating those short chain, short chain fatty acids from those bacteria actually makes a, a metabolic kind of like discharge that then feeds other cells, right? Butyrate starts to develop. And so now what happens? We have a healthy microbiome. And where did it all start? Start with food, mm-hmm. right? We just simply had to eat the right food. And if we eat the right food, our microbiome proliferates. There's actually some studies that show that the public today has about 10% of a functioning microbiome in the gut. But yeah. that makes perfect sense when you see how much chronic disease we have. Yep. Right? So in countries, when we look at studies of, of cultures that have high fibrous, high resistant starch foods, there might, and we're testing microbiomes all over, which has a lot to do with just testing poop worldwide, which I think is a good idea. It tells hmm. the story in a lot of things. It really does. You'll see these, these cultures with high microbiome counts have virtually no disease. 
no chronic progressive disease. So it's a fascinating thing, um, but it also makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. Because that's why we call it the gut of the garden, right? Or microbiomes. So you have to feed and tend the garden. Absolutely. One last thing, because we're sure. going to have to have many more conversations, obviously. Um, I'm really annoyed by my mic. Stephen, this is, we got to fix this today because this keeps getting this all staticky. Working, uh, working from Zoom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So here's my question. There was a, a part in the book that talked about the lymphatic system as part of the cardiovascular system. Yeah. And I've, I feel like there's a lot of emphasis people are placing on the lymphatic system. They're doing lymphatic draining massages and all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the last thing you know we'll touch on today for time. But I want to know your thoughts on that and... Is it bad for people with cancer? Because I've heard from people that lymphatic draining massages mm -hmm. are bad for people with cancer. And why would that be? Well, the, the concern there is the spread of secondary metastasis. So what lymph is, lymph system is really, it's, it's kind of like, a, and I describe it in my book as a cleansing river. And that's really what it is. Lymph is a fluid. It's a, like a spring-like fluid, clear fluid that, that goes through our body. It, it basically runs up and down our vascular system. That's why exercise is good because it helps pump the lymphatic system. And the lymph system is full of white blood cells and things to grab all sorts of you know, pathogens and junk in our body. It's a cleaner. So the theory behind, so, so lymphatic massage is good, absolutely. But again, you know, if you're eating a cleaner diet, your lymph system is far less inundated with, with toxic stuff. But the concern is with cancer is it can also be, cancer cells can be in the lymph system. And so the whole theory is, is if you do lymphatic massage and you stroke the lymph and you increase lymph flow, you could be spreading cancer secondarily, mm. what we call secondary I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. That's um, strange because if you just start working out, your lymphatic system is going to do that anyway. So a massage, yeah, exactly. moving and, or getting a massage, one or the other is going to do it no, no matter what. Right. I And, and I, I think that's the important thing for cancer patients is getting the body as clean as possible which is through food, as you know, through food and the vitamin C therapy has been very, you know, very, very helpful with your mother. Yeah. Um, and it has with countless patients. So I think that the, the main thing is, is, you know, can you, can a cancer patient do without massage? If there's a concern? Sure. Absolutely. You can avoid it, but I don't know how much, honestly, I don't really know how much um, danger there would be. Now, here's a thing. If you have a tumor, right, and you're rubbing over the tumor around the tumor, eh, there could be something that, yeah. you know, thing thought. But again, we're talking about cancer is microscopic for the most part, right, long before it ever develops in a tumor, right? So really, you've been living with it for many, many years, right? So think of all the things that you were doing while you had microscopic cancer and never knew it. So then are we going to actually go back and say, well, you know what, it was that, you know, as the Dodger game you went to, you know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know what I mean? So it, it's one of those things you got to take with a grain of salt with patients, though. I always tell them, go with your gut. Yep. Yep. Right. So go important. with your gut. Don't let people or even doctors as doctors, we can suggest things, but don't let us talk you into anything. If it doesn't feel right for you, back up. That is the best way to end this and not, 
enough doctors say that. Um, but I really have seen the benefits of listening to my gut with my mom every step Absolutely. of the way. Absolutely. So, you know, and I think when you are, I'll leave it on this one. When you're listening to your gut, I think the immune system is even more enhanced at that point in time. Remember, fear shuts down our immune system functionality. So it's not a good place to make decisions and it's not a good place to make life-changing decisions under fear. So I go. love it. Dr. Emerson, thank you so much. Uh, Marie, it's always a pleasure. Great seeing you. Great to see you too. We will have you back. I think we'd have to, we should do a, an entire gut episode at some point. Oh, that, I, that'd be great. I'd love to do that. I think it's it's very informative for patients or people and, and there's a lot of misinformation out there too. So yeah, yeah. we will have to clarify all of that and um, have fun in Hawaii. I can't wait to come visit sometime. <laughs> Thanks so much. And yeah, let me do a shameless plug. If, if those who are watching... Thank you. It's a double uh, plug. I, I try. Thank you. I try. You know, the whole concept of the book was easy information to for folks to read. And I hope I hope you've enjoyed it. It um, is 100 percent easy. And if you guys want to uh, get the healing protocols by Dr. Mark Emerson, you can get it wherever books are found. Right. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon we have it in digital format of Amazon and iBooks as well as print on Amazon. So. Got it. And if you want more on Dr. Emerson, you can go to his website www.docemerson.com. Of course, his retreat opportunities are kind of unbelievable. I can't wait to uh, partake at some point. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to have you out. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah, I can't wait. And if you want to follow him, you can follow him. Um, Is it just at Doc Emerson? Uh, Yeah, on Instagram, yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Have a great, great day. Aloha. Aloha. Great seeing you. Thank you. All right, so guys. Cool. We and I want to tri- triple plug the book because the other great thing is for our listeners, there's a ton of recipes in the back. And it's funny. I uh, One of the bad habits I have that Stephen knows is I'm like a fad diet person. Like I do crash diets. He talks I, about that in here, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of these recipes in the back are super easy. My mouth was watering reading about like all the dressings that he suggests. There's like this creamy cilantro dressing mm. and they're all super healthy. Um, so I'm like going to take this week and make some great soups and dressings that'll just make it easy. His whole thing is food doesn't have like healthy eating doesn't have to be hard. It can yeah. be easy if you follow some of these recipes. So definitely check this book out. Yeah. When he talks about increased fiber in here, he gives you all the examples of things like um, arugula, baby spinach, beetroot, kale, um, mesclun mix, um, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, um, organic fruits like apples and apricots and bananas and berries. You know, there's a lot of options. So if you don't like one thing, there is something else for you. I, I think this might be a good time for me to tell you, Maria, that I did get my Viam results back. Oh, yeah. I heard you have like nothing to change. Yeah. I just, it was just like it's the weirdest things are the things that I shouldn't eat. It's Pacific crab, goat, and broccoli. You don't eat goat, obviously. Uh, Indian food, I do eat goat. but You do? Yeah, I love goat. What? And I love you guys don't like goat. I'm Who not sure goat? if I, I mean, like goat. I mean, my Greek family <laughs> eats goat once a year. Curry, like goat curry at Indian Never restaurants. heard of that in my life. Are you serious? Well, no. I'm just going to keep it to lamb now. Nah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I can just pretty much still. Did you eat crab? Yeah, I eat crab a lot, like through sushi. So and see, like it that. was the things that you're eating too much of, your body's saying. Like, it's balance, right? So anything you're doing too much of, it's going to say go the other way. 
Um, but you know, it's it's really great to hear um, Dr. Emerson say all of this again because I I know it, I say it, and then sometimes I fall off the wagon myself too, and it really is an accumulation. And so you guys are even younger, like you have to really start to think of what I'm doing now is going to massively impact me and my health later. And you're working so hard now for your future. Like a lot of us, we work our butts off now so that later we're like, we can kick back and enjoy life and travel. Well, are you going to be able to do any of those? Excuse me. If you're sick. Such a good point. Nope. And the other truth, the other thing that's really important for our listeners who might not feel totally motivated, eating healthy makes you happier. Like that's the important thing. He talks about stress. He talks about how our gut health directly relates to our mental health and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. So during this time that I know is very hard for people, making those positive choices, even though you want the Pringles, and I'm guilty, it is going to make you feel so much better as you're going to bed, as you're waking up in the morning. And we need a sense of peace and control right now. And diet change is a huge way to help with that. Yeah. It's a nice reminder that the reason we're so tired is because we're eating shit. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, like, cause I know when I'm doing my green juices and I, it's like one thing leads to another, right? So when you're eat, drinking green juices and you have to painfully suck that thing down, do you really want to eat a muffin later or like a cake or whatever? Cause you're like, well, this doesn't feel like what was the point of that? So then you start doing better and better and better and you feel better and then shit hits the fan and then you go back to your lemon poppy cake that Jeff makes you and you're like, okay, this is going to make me feel better. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks, so much Jeff. sugar. I know. I'm so guilty. I'm God. like, trust me, guys. Eat healthy. Also, here's a cake. No, here's every a- day I was slicing a piece and that was my it's breakfast. so good. So fucking good. So but good. Um, that's it for us today. Thank you guys for joining us. I hope it was uh, helpful for you, of course. Uh, If you haven't joined us at Patreon, please check us out. The link is in the summary. Someone will remind me to say that at the top of the show. Finally, Jeff, can you just put it in big letters at the top of our... Putting it in there right now. Because otherwise, I'll never remember. Tomorrow, we are going to be featuring Organized 365 CEO Lisa Woodruff. She's going to help us figure out some organization projects. Very excited. You know I love organizing. Um... And uh, that's it. So follow us at Maria Menounos, at Stephen Lemieux Photo, at Jeff Crane Graham, at Doc Emerson. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Poopsie kisses.